Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnime podcast. I am your host, Larry Vasquez. This is episode number 16, and we have another great guest to interview today by the name of John Paul Ryan Miller. Uh, he's actually been one of our students here in the past, but also an industry professional. He's worked on such movies as Hop, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and now currently working at Vicarious Vision over in New York, Albany, working on some games. So we're looking forward to talking with him. He's going to be able to kind of cross the bridge here in regards to some of the features type stuff he's worked on, as well as some of the games he's been working on now and, and kind of talking about that. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to talking with him in regards to his experience, animation. Um, before we pull him on, I've got to give a quick plug out to a new animated series that I've been enjoying here, which is Disney's Tron Uprising. Very cool. You have to check that out. I uh, just came across it on Netflix and have been really enjoying it. It's got a great style of uh, animation look. Uh, the story's been a lot of fun, and so definitely check that one out. All right, well, let's pull on our guest. So how's it going, JP? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Larry. Thanks for having me on, man. Awesome. Hey, I say this every podcast, but this is not a cliche. I do really appreciate your guys' time, so I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, man, I'm. I'm. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, anything that I can, you know, give back to the community or talk about to to give some insight into anything. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm always game for that. Awesome. Well, one of the things that's been really cool with these podcasts is just the variety. I think we're able to to bring to our podcast, particularly. We've had guys like uh, Doug Bennett on here, who's a veteran in animation, working for Disney. You know. For- 20 years and so and then we've had other guys uh like my brother and his co-worker jeff who come from uh, kind of more from a student aspect uh samantha yusuf who has a 2d and uh, traditional art background and it's just been a really nice mix and then mix and then also our gaming side as well and i think yours is going to be kind of cool tonight too because you kind of cross pollinate in some of that with the feature and the games uh basically where you're working at right now right Right, right. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, currently working at Vicarious Visions uh, doing games, whereas uh, before I came from uh, Rhythm and Hughes, uh, mainly, you know, obviously doing feature film there. Right, right. Very cool. Yeah, and, and you guys do have a great uh, you guys do have a great mix of everything because, uh, you know, I've been listening to most of them, too. So it's been a wide range of everything. It sounds, you know, keep them coming. Sweet. Awesome. We appreciate that. It seems like you're finally getting some feedback on the podcast. And uh, it seems like the community is really enjoying it. So a big shout out to the community and the the feedback that we got. Absolutely. Kind of tough to know how well it's being received if no one <laughs> mentions anything. Sure, sure. <laughs> we'll tell you what, um, quick uh, intro. Why don't you talk a little about your background? Okay. Um, well, initially, uh, you know, I kind of did the brick and mortar thing back in the day. Uh, it was before any of the online schools kind of came out or any of that kind of stuff. Um, went to a, a SCAD um, and studied on, did my undergraduate there. Uh, so my, my kind of, um, uh, journey into animation, I know that everybody's is, is really different, but my journey is, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, strange cause I was in the service for a bit too. So, um, I did, I did my undergrad, um, at SCAD and, uh, in the, the thing about that is it's very set up to be kind of, uh, generalized. So, you know, I took a lot of lighting and rigging classes, modeling, um, you know, all that kind of stuff until my junior year where I really kicked into some animation classes. And, and by my senior year, that's really what I wanted to do. But um, it, you know, I, I didn't have I didn't feel like I had enough time at the end of it to get a good reel out of it. I didn't feel like I really focused enough time. And obviously, everybody that goes to iAnimate and takes these online courses are, you know, it's like at the end of that, you 
you know, where, where this is specialized, you still feel like you have so much more to learn. Um, so I took a small break. I, I did a deployment overseas and then I came back and, you know, that whole year break of animation really gave me a chance because the only thing I could do on my off time there um, was look at animation. We had a chance to go on the Internet occasionally here and there. And I would kind of follow animation and look at demo reels and just really start to see and train my eye and hone my eye into what good animation kind of looked like. And that's when I realized mine was, wasn't really good anymore. So, um, so then I came back and, uh, and I did my, uh, one year master's degree and I just focused on animating and, um, that was still at SCAD. Yeah, that was still at SCAD. So I, I ended up getting my master's degree in animation, but I just really uh, honed everything in on just animating. Um, and from there, my senior year, um, I had a decent demo reel, you know, um, just four pieces, really, they really, um, uh, trained me to get my, you know, the best pieces on my, uh, my demo reel and Rhythm Hughes came out for an interview and, uh, and I, I got hired on, um, as an apprentice into the apprentice program then. Very cool. Now I know you mentioned, uh, having talked with you in the past here, your time at Rhythm Hughes is really a, a, a neat time, huh? Yeah, man, it was great. Uh, the studio was awesome. You know, going out there as my first experience ever in the industry, I feel so obviously lucky and blessed to have been uh, offered a position there, you know, um, uh, and going out there in the apprentice program, I went with like four of my friends from SCAD that got in. And then, the, you know, there was thick uh, 10 total from kind of all over, you know, different other schools, Ringling and, um, and uh, the, art, the Art Academy, uh, a couple from there. And so we went through like a, a month, uh, apprentice program where we were really just, it was kind of like being in production. They gave us shots, they tested us, they did all that kind of stuff, walk cycles. That's why they're so important. And that's why the curriculum over there, you know, going through the cycles, getting your weight down and everything, it's very important because, I mean, that was our first test getting in. If we couldn't do a walk cycle, you know, they were like, all right, well, this guy's not, you know, he's not going to get it. <laughs> now, when did you join iAnimate then? Um, I was already in the industry for probably about a year, I think, maybe a year and a half, I think I was, because I had done a small stint at Rhythm at first. And then, um, you know, after one product, they were kind of ramping down. Um, I got picked up by a, a game studio in um, in uh, Santa Monica called Image Metrics. And I worked there for about 10 months, I think, on like Red Dead Redemption and a couple of games, doing a lot of facial animation. So um, Rhythm called me kind of back up there went back for a little while and I, I think I had done two films in that time period. And then I, you know, I saw kind of, I animate come online. I had been following Jason's podcast. I think that's, you know, I was doing uh, Jason Ryan's webinars while I was still at SCAD. So I, that's really, I think where the bulk of my learning came from uh, on my own, you know, um, coming from uh, Jason's stuff on the side. So I've always been a big proponent. And so during the webinars, he was like, we got a special announcement. And as soon as he said the school, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was really a neat, you know, when we first started out, I was a first student as well, but it was really cool having guys like you who had had some production experience coming on board and it just really raised the, and it still does because we have a lot of people who still come in in your same situation there who are wanting to hone their skills and it's just has completely raised the level of what people are trying to shoot for now at iAnimate, you know? And so it's been really cool having guys like you, you know, join and stuff. Yeah, no, it was great because, um, you know, I was still, and I was still new to the industry too. So I was learning a ton from the guys at work and everything. And, uh, and, this was just allowing me to then, you know, I had Ken as my first instructor 
and he just blew me away. You know, I'd never had a mentor like that or never just a teacher like that, you know, just the one-on-one aspect of it. So my animation from what I felt like at work within like one show to the next, because, you know, in uh, Viz Effects, they kind of run short. So it's like you're on a project for three to six months, maybe, you know, depending. And uh, it was right around the time I was getting on Hop and I started getting these monster shots and super cartoony stuff. And the, the work I did directly in iAnimate, like just translated from my shots at work to grow. And that's when people started to, to kind of get a little bit of notice of me, I think. Right on. Yeah, because I noticed that we had some people come in to iAnimate shortly after, and it was word of mouth from you. They're going, Absolutely, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing his his improvement jump. You know, you're going, hey, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I had a lot of guys uh, from iAnimate then come on into Rhythm and stuff. So it was... Uh, it was a lot of fun to see all those, you know, be a part of the community, see those guys on there, and then and then see them come into the into the studio. Very cool. Um, how do you think that your generalist background kind of plays effect into some of the stuff you're doing now? Does, has it helped out at all, or is? Yeah, absolutely. I think now it does more than more than anything because um, just being able to, um, you know, model and rig um, as an animator, um, and you always are like looking at the rigs going, well, why is this wrong? Or I wish I had this, or, you know, why is that rig so appealing? And then having a, a little bit of a background, I think you understand why that is, why the mesh types are the way that they are, uh, the, the edge flows of the meshes of your rigs of that and, and how the de- how it affects deformation within your rigs. And so when you, all the rigs obviously up there are super um, amazing in, in film quality. So you get uh, really high quality rigs when you're at the school. Uh, coming in here, um, you know, I helped to uh, develop the pipeline for um, for cinematics over at the studio here. And so, you know, I, I would uh, put a PowerPoint presentation together and just talk about edge flows and where the deformation points that I'm looking for so that we can get on the animation side the best possible appeal out of them, the best possible deformations. But it all starts with earlier in the pipeline. Oh, that's very cool. So you were able to be like you said, you were able to help develop that pipeline where you're at now and kind of be able to translate what you wanted as an animator, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, when I first when I first picked them up, it was still kind of early in development. And I was just like, you know, and, and especially just coming from Rhythm, where obviously we had amazing rigs uh, using the school. I'm like, there's student rigs out here that have great deformation. So using examples, um, just talking to a lot of the artists there and uh, and everybody was, you know, really forthcoming with everything. Everybody really wanted to get on board and just to come together to create a great game. And it was, yeah, it's been awesome. What were some of your titles that you worked on? You mentioned Hop, Everett, Rhythm and Hughes. Yeah, uh, I did Alvin 2, um, uh, Hop, Mr. Popper's Penguins, uh, Alvin 3, and uh, uh, Yogi Bear. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Live action there. How is that different from some of the stuff you did at iAnimate or where it's just strictly the animation? How does that translate to what you were doing there for the live action interaction? Yeah, so, you know, the live action stuff wasn't too bad just because, like, um, it was cartoony for most of it, except for Popper's Penguins was a little bit more um, uh, realistic. But, um, you know, you, you kind of get plates in, um, so you kind of have a background that they've already done digitally. They shoot that, they bring it in, they uh, retool it digitally. And then they usually with some, uh, layout usually brings in some type of model or something to give you a scope of where your layout, you like where your parameters are within your shot. And then you kind of animate over that. Once you render that out and bring it, it kind of brings it to the forefront. People down the, the pipe, they do 
lighting, texturing, fur, that kind of stuff, and kind of make sure that it, it integrates well with the real life aspect of everything. So not too bad. Uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, again, that's the that's the thing about working at a VFX house that's cool is you'll get my expansion of, of animation in general from just creature animation to cartoony animation and character animation. It was all embedded in there because you'd be working on one project for three months and then you'd have to totally switch gears to realistic animation, which is uh, something that's not offered a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned you were also in the service. This is kind of a side topic, but I know how animation kind of were mimicking life to a certain degree. What division of the military were you in? I was in the army. The army. Okay. Any things that you kind of felt like you learned in your time in the army that you've taken into animation? <laughs> well, I think a, a lot of body mechanic stuff. Um, I think uh, when I was back at SCAD, after one of my deployments, I had a buddy that was doing a test. I think it was back then for like Lucas Arts, and he had a clip they had given him a soldier, and then he had a clip from like Saving Private Ryan or something like that. And so I showed him how to stack the wall. We took like brooms and we were running around, kind of you know <laughs> that kind of stuff, and uh, and just taking a lot of video reference. I think you know uh, it made me be aware aware of my surroundings. I think which was you know got me a little bit more in tune to. Uh, my surroundings as an animator, uh, actually just observing people, observing what they do. I had to watch what people do all the time. So I think that just uh, really honed my skills when it came to something like that. Coming into iAnimate, how did your workflow change? You mean like from the time that I was in film to the time that I went to uh, in school? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of felt like my workflow was had, had evolved like just constantly from the time I was in school uh, taking Jason's webinars to the time that I was in the industry. I was learning so much from my mentors there, from other people, my my desk mates that were all around in my office, those kind of guys. Like I just picked up little things. So I kind of felt like there was this big transformation my first like year or two in the industry. And I never really felt comfortable with one aspect of it. Instead, like I kind of it kind of morphed a, a lot all the time. When I got in there, I saw Ken kind of break down his shots. He would pull the graph editor up and actually show us his blocking, like show us what the graph editor kind of looked like. So it really, um, I went to really heavy blocking and and a lot of keys to um, at rhythm. I started to simplify that where my curves looked smooth, but I did it with less keys. So, you know, and I animate, I was really just able to refine that. What Ken really pushed me to do was my initial blocking, my poses and, and, and pushing that because I think I, for the longest time, I, that's the note I would constantly get at work was like, push your pose, push your pose. You know, you can push that a little bit more. And so um, I think uh, Ken was really able to break that down for me, give me better acting tips up front. So with that, my poses were clearer initially, which then leads obviously to like good blocking, good transitions, that kind of stuff. Now, how did your... How did you feel the transition was from going to a brick and mortar school to something like iAnimate? Well, it was absolutely way more specialized. So I think when I left SCAD, we had just started learning blocking. There wasn't like just the standard across the board. It was kind of like um, some some teachers taught straight ahead. Other teachers just did blocking. Uh, and it was just really right at the end where that kind of came into, into fruition. And it was generalized. You really had to know what you wanted to do and push yourself and talk to the professors and talk to your advisors about like, okay, I want to be an animator. I want to be a rigger. I need to just focus on this. And then they would try to help you hone your classes. But if you were just kind of soaking up everything and enjoying the whole process, that's what the schedule was built for. Whereas in iAnimate, 
you know, he taught me about subtext, you know, within a shot. He just these things that I really never thought about. I was really concentrating on getting my body mechanics right, especially my first kind of like six months to a year, just making sure that everything kind of looked right. And then acting obviously is a whole nother beast. So I think that I animate really raised my level of understanding within acting. Obviously, I feel that I have a ton more to learn. There's, you know, almost learning to be an actor as well as an animator is go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things that you brought up here, just the fact that you said Ken brought up his graph editor, one of the things that Jason has wanted to make sure that with an iAnimate is that everything's been live. And it gives that benefit, like you're talking about right there, where he's sitting here, he's pulling these things up, and you're able to see exactly what he's doing. Or if you miss something, to be able to ask a question, go, what'd you do right there? I missed that. And even on his webinars, that's the way that it was back in the day. Like you would just be able to type a question. He would be like, you know, he'd stop for a certain amount of time. And, and uh, being in the classes, it was it's kind of like being in dailies. That's exactly what I felt like uh, in, in the studio, except for I was just sitting in a room and we were watching everybody's shots. It was the same exact thing in there and everything's live. And it was great to be able to get that direct feedback from our instructors. And that was one of the things that I'd heard you say before. And I really liked that, that you mentioned this was like being in dailies. I think it helps prepare people who are coming in through INMA when they leave to go into a studio. It's not foreign to them. Right, right. Well, that and the, and the amount of feedback that you get too, you know what I'm saying? Like um, you have to learn quickly because there's uh, in art and any type of art, an artist in general is really attached to their work everybody's very passionate about it. And so you might not see it the first couple of times, but that's what the service kind of helped me uh, develop a very thick skin early. So when people were, you know, <laughs> that and to just follow, follow direction. So when, when I have somebody that I know that can animate, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, all right, I'm going to listen to this guy. Cause he knows what he's talking about. I don't care if he says my stuff sucks, whatever, I'll change it. So I was able to develop a thick skin. And I think that's what, uh, having constant feedback, having constant critique within a lecture setting like that, like dailies, well, you know, that'll that'll get you prepared for the industry for sure. That's awesome, man. I love that. So basically thick skin and to be able to follow directions. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. And like I said, you know, I'm a dad. Yeah, I've got kids and that's something that I'm constantly trying to teach them. You know, there's there's wisdom in being able to follow somebody who's been down that path. And when we've got guys and gals in our program who are in the industry right now, it just pays to listen and, and take it in, you know? Yep. Yeah. And you're not and you're not gonna get it every you're not gonna get it the first time. Like I would read the books. I would literally read like you know, Richard Williams book on animation. And I didn't understand half of it. I would have to read it, you know, another time and maybe I'd pick up another thing. And that's how just animating all the time, it helps you because you're not getting every single aspect or every single um, principle or. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting every principle every time, you know what I'm saying? But like every shot is different, you know, in the industry or at school, every shot may be different and you may learn, just a little bit about that principle, just a little nugget that you can then take on to the next one. Yeah. And I think that's partly why Jason has set up the graduate program within iAnimate to allow students to have a lifetime membership. And for those that don't know, basically the way it's working is that if you complete all of iAnimate, you have a lifetime membership to the site where you can still get the rigs. You can still, and this is where I'm kind of going with this, is to be able to watch all the lectures and stuff. And so, cause in that three and a half months of a workshop, it's tough to catch up on everything. Absolutely. And so, and so this is like what you're saying right here, where you can go back and continue to watch those ones or watch new ones and just to continue to grow as a, as a student. 
I watch the ones that I have from, from, you know, a year ago, I still watch them. I pull them up, you know, um, at work on my own time and I'll have them in the background because you know what, every now and then I'll hit that nugget and I'll be like, man, I didn't even think of that, you know, cause he always talks about like beyond and back, go beyond and back, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that was drilled in my head for so long that when it came to my animation, I kind of, you know, I thought about it. I actually thought about it in practice. Yeah. And sometimes you aren't going to, you aren't going to catch those nuggets like you're saying until you've got to a point that it's going to be applicable for you. Exactly. Like you're, you're not going to, you're not going to get it until you, it actually clicks in your head and you understand it. You know, like somebody could spit it out to you all they want to, and you, you're still not kind of grasping it until you see it, you know, in front of your eyes, you kind of get it. And then it clicks. I always heard people talk about like, as you get there, things will click one day, it'll just click. Yeah, it definitely starts to just start the blocks start to, you know, come into play and and they start to form around you and you start to just understand. The best thing about our industry is that I am constantly learning all the time. I'm constantly seeing people that are better than me. I'm constantly seeing shots that I love and that I would love to do or things that challenge me. And so that's why I think this this industry and this career in general is is amazing. You are on. Do you happen to see our show reel? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> Some of those people, I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to Seth's, uh Font, man. His first shot out, which just blows me away. It's one of those mm-hmm. ones you look and you go, here's a guy who's a student right now in that regards. He's up working in uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Nice. But I'm just, you're looking at that stuff and you're just going, it's just that, like you're saying, that constant moving forward on that and trying to yeah. achieve and work and push better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the stuff that I, you know, obviously, even my demo reel that I look at a year ago to now, like, that's what you can, you know, you can constantly see that improvement. Even in the school, if you looked at the fir- the school's first demo reel, or even the work that was coming out of the, the, you know, the school the first year into now, you can see that growth just within, you know, your show reel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's pretty awesome. Well, um, tell you what, let's tell us where you're working at now a little bit and some of the sure. stuff you're working on. Sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm currently over at uh, Vicarious Visions in Albany, New York, Albany. Not, not many people know that that's the capital of New York, though. Now you're, you're <laughs> from the East Coast, though, right? Yeah, I am. I'm actually yeah, I'm actually pretty close to where I am um, uh, uh, now. Um, I was in L.A. for like three years, you know, kind of uh, within rhythm. Uh, you know, that was kind of my first taste of the industry. And uh, when my contract was up, because a lot of uh, VFX, a lot of, uh, you know, feature in general is kind of uh, contract work. Um, so sometimes you get a year, sometimes you get six months, those kind of things. And when my contract was up, um, it was kind of like that in between period. I had just gotten married and we were kind of searching for what we wanted to do next. And, um, I had applied out here. Uh, they flew me out and, uh, and I was really just impressed with the studio and what they could offer me overall growth. Like as an artist, I wanted to be, I had been honing my craft now just as an animator for three years. And they kind of pitched it to me as like, um, as an artist, as like, you know, working in smaller groups, uh, getting a taste of, of multiple departments. So that really appealed to me, you know, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because this is that's new to me and probably new to some of the, the other listeners here. But what does that mean when you're talking about smaller groups and, and the other portion of what you mentioned? Sure, here? sure, yeah. So at Rhythm, um, say on one project, when we were all the way ramped up, we'd maybe have 90 to 120 animators on a project. Um, so you have the amount, the amount of animators on one project and then uh, going into this. And so basically I was on the floor with just animators which was amazing because everybody's kind of like me, you know, extrovert, yelling all the time, just doing goofy stuff all the time, you know, because that's what animators do. (laughs) 
So uh, reference video was always easy to come by, you know, like all those kind of things that you, uh, you know, you take for granted when you're in smaller groups. You know, it was everywhere. Uh, always a, a great group of people. And so uh, coming to a, to a studio like this where it's smaller, um, yes, I, I still am able to animate and, and do my specialty, but I have the room for growth within smaller groups. So my group now contained um, two or three engineers, a tools guy, a rigger and an animator or two. And if I needed to get stuff done, I would have to go directly to the character guys and say, hey, I need this model or I need this texture and kind of work th work through it with them. Plus you have the tech side of video games when it comes to engines and all that kind of stuff. So then you you, you have to start talking to engineers, the guys that are way smarter than, than I will ever be. <laughs> you know? So um, you have to work with those guys too to really try to solve these problems to make everything work better. Now, within your position there at Vicarious Visions, is it strictly cinematics or are you working in-game as well? Now, when I first started, I was doing uh, in-game. Uh, I, I worked a little bit on the in-game for the first few months that I was there. And then an opportunity came up for me to, to head over to the cinematic side. And we didn't really have a cinematics uh, team set together yet. It was still pretty early on. And, you know, they kind of tasked me with organizing that, working, like I was saying, with the smaller groups and, and kind of really developing that. And, and uh, you know, I had the backing of the studio and we really um, pushed the level of uh, quality, the level of consistency that we were working. And, and me coming from a film background, I really was able to mold it the way that I thought was going to work best. And, and, and that is like kind of like a film pipeline. Um, so, you know, shot specific, uh, I'm able to dull that out to the animators, all that kind of stuff. But then you have the tech aspect that you have to deal with. So that's the catch 22 when it comes to video games is you always have the tech side of it. So if you can get your vision to work with the tech side and to mesh well with that, then things uh, things work pretty well when it comes to, to that. Yeah, because that was the uh, interesting part that, you know, we've had quite a few interviewees for the podcast that are on more on the game side and it's just it's really kind of opened my eyes up as far as how different the games at least far as as far as the in-game portion is because you're dealing with a lot of that tech side there but, well you're you're dealing with designers too that they have kind of like if you think about them maybe as like character leads in film that that develop the characters they understand what the characters are and you have to work with the designers to make sure that your character is reacting properly within the game so they have an understanding of what they're looking for whether that's responsiveness on the on the controller on the paddle when you're kind of moving around when you're doing a jump when you're firing all those kind of stuff is designers are kind of planning that out for the character throughout the game so it's just about like making sure that the mechanics and, and everything is, is proper. You actually have to work with them to, to speed it up or slow it down. Now, the cinematic side is a little bit more like the film. Absolutely. The way that we're approaching it on this one, it is. And the uh, special thing about what we're doing now is it's really we're doing cinematics like a pre-rendered house would do it. But we're doing it using our engine which is amazing because that's where the tech side of it, usually a lot of times when you see in-game cutscenes, they're scripted events. So a lot of code goes in there. Uh, a designer can usually call up a code or call up something, have the camera kind of move here and then pull a game state, an in-game state of the character and kind of have them kind of bouncing around like when, they, when they're waiting or when they're doing something like that. And they can usually script that in, that, that entrance. What we're doing, we're using the in-game, but we're setting them up where the animator has complete control over their shots just like in film oh, nice. but, we're, but we're using the technology of our renderer and our in-game engine to make everything look beautiful the lighting the rendering because it's a you know we have some proprietary software there that's just 
really kicking out some high input <laughs> stuff. So, you know, I'm 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 ecstatic about you know being able to show that off. Very cool. And yeah. we'll, we'll definitely have in our show notes uh, a link to what you had given me in regards to the new game you're working on. Basically, it's the uh, Skylanders Swap Force. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Really neat cutscene that's in there. And the, the part that I liked about this cutscene that you sent was it seems like there was a, a level that was a lot closer than to what you would see in a film or animated cartoon. It felt a higher polished in it. That's right. And, and you know... Um... Well, a lot of times you'll see the pre-rendered stuff, whether that comes out of Blur or Blizzard or somewhere like that. Um, you'll see a lot of that, uh, the pre-rendered uh, cinematics. And obviously that looks like film because they have the, uh, they don't have the complex setup that we do uh, that have to, you know, go through the game engine. They can they kind of spit it out like you would a short film, render that out properly, cut it in post and do a lot of that stuff where we just have to rely on the game engine to kind of uh, get that going for us. But they're allowing us to, uh, set it up like film and really get to different levels of polish within that. And that, you know, th- again, that starts with early development within the rigs. That starts with, uh, you know, mesh control, making sure that we're able to get the shapes within the mouth that we're that we're looking for because we're doing full lip sync. Yeah, we're we're really kicking it up a notch, and uh, and I'm pretty excited about where that where it's headed. You know, it's a completely different challenge of what I thought was going to be when I first when I first came in. That's the overall look, but even the animation itself definitely look like a higher level for cinematics because sometimes we know we've talked about in the past here with the shorter time that you have within games that you don't get to quite do some of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I remember your brother and, uh, and his, uh, his coworker. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Yep. I remember them talking about, you know, uh, Ratchet and Clank and how they had to, to crank through the shots. Yeah. And so um, it is a tighter deadline, but it seems like even with what you're, at least with the clip that you showed me, it was pretty impressive for uh, shorter deadlines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, that take a lot of management, you know, I kind of um, had to, had to don the role of production director, like those kind of things early on and really get uh, a, a good schedule set and really be able to pump that out and organize that. I think organizing obviously is a huge part and, and thank you military for that. Um, <laughs> that helps out again, but uh but being able to organize that and get it in a way and get it set up the way that a film uh, pipeline would be, my um, idea behind film with, uh, you know, going into an idea pass and then blocking and then a rough to kind of final pass, I was able to implement that within the studio. And so it's really set up like that. It's really set up for success and a high level of polish within that. And it's a very hard thing to accomplish. And I, I wouldn't have been able to do that without the support of the, the studio because, you know, not a lot of studios will take the chance to get on board with that or to kind of change the way that they're doing things like that. But, you know, I was able to to help with the team that they gave me, the support that they gave me to really develop that pipe and, and really set it up for some sort of success. So hopefully, you know, when the game launches, you guys will see some pretty amazing cutscenes and pretty high level, I think. That's great. And that's what I think the neat part about that is that as an artist, you never want to feel like you didn't get to put in your all. And so with those tighter deadlines, it's a little bit more difficult. But that's why I like this. What you're saying there is that you have a group that's willing to get behind you. But also, like you're saying, the management of what you've been able to do to not want to compromise the quality. That's right. That's right. And we've always been pushing for really high quality from the time that I started there. They, you know, they gave me 
a pretty high bar and they set it. So when some of the reviews started to come out and they started to say some of the stuff that we had talked about in my first initial conversations with some of my peers, it was a, it was a really great feeling to just see some of those reviews come out and some of that good stuff that was in it that we had talked about earlier that we were hitting, you know? Oh, that's fantastic, man. And as an artist, you know that it's never good enough. So I'm constantly striving. And as a lead, I'm, I'm trying to push the animators as far as we can go because it's never good enough for me. But I also have to know when to turn that down a little bit and say, hey, we have a schedule. That's where games comes in in a a different light because it's a very tight schedule. So, yeah, I have to learn to turn that off a little bit because in film, it was always like down to the frame. Everybody, the director, everybody's looking at those individual frames. And I have to kind of still stay in that overall picture, but try to get the highest quality possible. Yeah. How do you feel like as an artist, you do that personally where you can kind of go, okay, this is, if we had more time, I'd want to get, but this is good enough. This is good. Well, it's always that underlying schedule. And I think a good lead usually will take the burden of that. So the animators don't feel that, you know, Um, I've always had great leads. I had good instructors that I animate. And so I always had a lead that set down my first job my supervisor, I knew that he just got us some crazy meetings with crunches and the directors changing stuff. But every day he would sit down with me in the same tone and be like, hey, man, how's it going? How's your shots coming? <laughs> every day, regardless of what he had just went through, he always had the same, um, Demeanor, you know. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And I really admired that. And I really took that to heart. So I, I really tried to 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 implement that whenever I, I get in front of them or things are hectic, I, you know, I'll take the brunt of that and I'll talk to them about just, you know, their shots or how, how it's coming. You, you learn to kind of apply a little bit more pressure here and there, but, but uh, for the most part, they know that we're in a tight deadline. They're aware of uh, higher level stuff as we have meetings and I say, Hey, we're going to push a little bit more. The deadlines are coming up uh, and we have certain, certain uh, things that we try to hit too. So mm-hmm. now how many animators are you typically managing in, in what you're doing? I've had mainly about four or five animators and then we're, we ramp up in a, a little bit during some crunch and, and here and there. So it can, it can balloon a little bit more or it can go. There's a group, an animation group. And so I have a lead above me and he is the lead over the, the kind of animation uh, department. Uh, so the structure is a little bit different than what I'm used to in film, but it works. You know, you have a lot of senior artists under there that have been in the industry for a little while. So they can come right into either side and, and, and just start banging stuff out. They know how to react to engine. They know how to react to, to tech um, mishaps and they know how to communicate within the smaller groups. So it's been a really big learning process for me in a year to really just understand the process of actual game development too. Mm. Now, when you, kick out a shot in Maya or what application you guys typically use there? We're using uh, 3D Studio Max actually. And I never used it before. So, so don't think, you know, I, I wanted to let people know that don't think just because you don't know 3D Studio Max and it's a 3D Studio Max house that you can't get the job because it's just a tool for animating. That's what I tell everybody that applies. And I talk to them on the phone and I say, you know, they, I, I ask them, Hey, have you used Max? And they're like, no, you know, I've, I've messed around in it a little bit. I've mainly used Maya. I said, no worries. You know, like it's just a tool for animating. That's right. Show me how to set a keyframe where the graph editor is. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Translate, Show me rotate. And spacing and I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So you guys use 3D Studio Max there. How was it for you transitioning to working in an application and staying within there versus now, like you're seeing, having to now export that into a game engine? Any adjustment in the translation from... 3D application to the game engine? How does that work? 
So um, I, I got pretty lucky because our engine is pretty amazing and, and the stuff that they're doing over the studio is pretty amazing. I mean, um, the compression rate is, uh, you know, you always have to worry about the compression rate in games regardless. So you might lose a frame here or lose a frame there. But what we're getting and what we're making up for in there by like motion blur and, uh, and, and texturing and lighting and rendering, it's really, we're almost getting a one-to-one -one and they really worked hard with me when we were developing the pipeline to make sure that we were getting exactly what we were getting out of max. So I know that it's not always the case in games. Um, you know, when I worked in, in Santa Monica and we were doing a facial animation, we would have a build there and we'd be able to plug it into the build, but you always saw um, maybe when you're slowing out, it doesn't, it, it only, it only captured every third frame or every fourth frame. And so that's where the compression was. So maybe it was on one of your clothes to open and it just would pop. You have to kind of go in and massage that a little bit, then re-export it, build the game, and then watch your, your shot again and then kind of massage it like that. It just took a little bit more iteration time sometimes. So whereas now, when it's closer to the one-to-one, -one, I've got my shot correct. It looks good in both the application as well as the game engine. Right. And we're doing a very good job of that. Um, and I think that games probably in general, game studios in general, is it's going to start going further and further in that direction as you see the new platforms come out, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. And the technology is just getting better. It's going to become more and more one-to-one. -one. You know, we get compression rates here and there, but nothing crazy, nothing like that you're not expecting. You're not, you know, you know, you don't see a random pop here and there and be like, whoa, what just happened? It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty close, pretty dead on. What have you been, and I want to get into the game that you're working on specifically here in just a moment, but what have you been enjoying about cinematics in, in the game's arena? Well, um, I think that it's the challenge, I think, of, uh, of making sure that I am trying to bring the highest quality of animation and uh, into a game engine, into an engine, which I know what it's supposed to look like in film. I know what the quality that I'm going for, but actually the challenge of, of getting that into a game engine is, is completely something different. The art of storytelling, I've been able to really express myself in story here. I'm very involved in the process, working closely with the writers. And, uh, you know, I got a, a guy that, that's working camera for me and he's got a film background. And so making sure that we tell the story with everything, not just the characters, but also with the camera, with the layout, you know, and making sure that th it all comes together in the end and to see that final product that we we sat down and we broke the shots down and we talked about that. And then to see it, see the animators work hard and get their shots out and then have this complete cutscene at the end, which is anywhere between 40 seconds to a minute to two minutes. It's like, it's, I always wanted to do a short film and now I'm doing a bunch of, you know? <laughs> nice. Absolutely. And learning about game development in general. Like, I don't think that I understood what game development was before I came to the studio. I worked in film. I was like, yeah, you know, I, Kind of understand what happens in game studios with game states and runs and jumps and uh, transitions from one state to another and how the engine reads that a lot of people will talk about that when they're talking about games is like how does that transition happen from the punch to the run or the run to the slowdown and how does your engine kind of make that transition for you or what does the code do to help so learning little things like that learning things about what you can't do and what you actually have to work around you know because of the limitations of the tech side whereas in in film you don't really have an excuse if they can change it up into the last minute and if it doesn't look good it's your fault it's like you know 
it doesn't if it doesn't look good i mean you, you're the one that animated that shot for a while so it, you would need to change it you need to fix it whereas sometimes the text side you just don't you don't, you don't have it sometimes in game now looking at the clip that you sent me here it looks like a very fun game to have worked on i like the cartooniness in it what have you been enjoying about it so um it's a lot of a lot of characters, a lot of different types of characters. So some of them you have that are have a ton of legs. Some of them you have a ton of arms. And some of them are just bipedal. Some of them are quadruped. And we, I get to take all those characters, give them personalities, and then create some style for them. And, you know, a lot of these characters are original, so it hasn't been done before. So just being able to start with an idea, start with somebody's vision, because the, the concept department is amazing. I mean, amazing pumping out stuff to, for me to look at every day. And I'm just like, like, you know, just drooling over this stuff uh, all day long. And I'm just like, it want, it just screams to be animated. So <laughs> nice. just working with those guys. And when they see it, you know, on the screen and they see it animated and it's what they, what, what they envisioned, like seeing that kind of culmination come together is, is pretty awesome. And it seems like you're mentioning just your film background is that's, what's kind of helped you set a, a bar for what you're doing here in this arena now. And I think the leadership there at the studio had a vision too. So um, they had a vision of what, of the bar that they wanted to go and, and how they wanted to set it to. And I was kind of that facilitator to come in and, and help them uh, achieve that. I feel, you know, we worked together, we had a good vision and we worked together through a lot of stuff to really hone that vision in and, and, and get it to the highest level. And, and by no means am I ever satisfied, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the, that's, one of the banes of, of our artistry is like, you are never satisfied regardless. It'll come out, it'll, it'll come out and, and it'll, uh, people will play it and everything. And I'll be able to watch everything and I'll still find that one shot I'll, that I animated. And I'm like, you know, I could have done better here. I could have done better there. So, you know, that's just uh, how, uh, how animation works, I think. So a little bit of uh, what, what the innovation that we're kind of bringing uh, with this is uh, being able to kind of swap the characters uh, so you have a toy and uh, um, you put it on a portal and the portal kind of comes to uh, the toy comes to life in, in the game. And I know as, as kids, I always thought about I always thought about my toys and I had them in front of me like the G.I. Joe's or something like that or, you know, Star Wars when I when I was younger and just pretending in my head, getting back to your kid ideas of like what that was like, like what you were thinking about as a kid and like just having them run around the living room or whatever you were in your own world then. But now we're able to kind of put that on a game, put that on a portal. You still have the toy. The kid can kind of go about it and, and understand what he's doing. And then you put it on the portal and it comes to life. And it's like, it's like my dream as a kid, I get to see him like jumping around. Is it really what I thought he was doing? Is it what I thought he was going to be doing? You know? So that idea is we took it to another level with swap force by being able to, to take the, the top and the bottom half and then combine them with the other ones. That's so you, crazy. Yeah. You can take the, the um, powers and just swap them around and still be able to play with both, both sides of the powers, which is pretty amazing. So how does it translate now into the game then when you're saying both sides of the power? It, it, you're able to – does it mix and match those things or is it one or the other? Or how does that work? So if you have the legs in the bottom and then you have the top half with the arms, whatever powers they had in the top half with the arms and everything like that, you put that on somebody else's legs, you still are walking around. So we have a character named Washbuckler, and he's got octopus legs. You know, he's kind of like an octopus pirate. And uh, and so he's walking around like an octopus on these octopus legs, and he's a water element, so he can hit you with the tentacles and everything. So you take his top off, 
you put like a, one of the tech guys on, he can throw bombs and stuff. And so now you you have the tech guy's top on, he's throwing bombs around uh, and he's a fire element where the other guy was a water element. So now you have two different elements kind of going at it, but you're able to use both of them within the game. So it makes for a ton of combinations. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, my kids had played, um, I don't remember which version, but it was one of the recent ones for Skylanders. And I was mentioning, hey, I'm going to get to interview one of the animators who are working on this new one here. So they were pretty excited. So it's pretty exciting, man. It's uh, it's it's been fun to you know get into it with my niece and nephew, and they're they're all into it too. So you know, um, really coming over and and being able to play a game with my nieces and nephews is it's really been enjoyable. Right on, because that was one of the things I, I know within the video game industry. And nothing wrong with it, but it definitely pushes for a lot of uh, hyper-realism. But one of the things that I think when Rick had posted on our Twitter, I forget what it's called, but it's it's the one with the kind of Disney and Pixar and all the Disney kind of characters. And I think it's similar that there's some, some type of portal, uh, whatever it was. But just the idea, and I mentioned that this looked like a lot of fun to be able to play with my kids. And that was his kind of comment too, going, it's nice to have games like this that you can actually sit down and – and all intents and purposes, be a big kid, you know? That's right. Even if it's yourself or being able to play, like you said, with other little ones. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I found myself just uh, playing the games, you know, not only because I was now working on the franchise, I wanted to understand what we were making, what the cutscenes looked like, and how the story was kind of developing. So I got into it. I got addicted to collecting the toys a little bit, playing the different ones, seeing what they were doing, seeing how the, the actual toys came to life in the in the game. And then having my nephew come over and playing with him and still having that much fun with it, you know? Right it was, on. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Because like I said, in all intents and purposes, we're nothing but big kids. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right, man. We're always going to be big kids watching younger kids kind of enjoy the same stuff that we enjoy making, you know? And I think that's why I enjoyed that clip that you had said. It just looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going for a lot of fun, a lot of charm, and really appealing to kids with mini games and stuff that will challenge them not only just creatively with their imagination, but also challenge them a little bit to figure out puzzles and like those kind of things too. Anything else about the game that you've been enjoying that you can talk about or just even working at that studio? Sure. Um, well, the studio in general, they do a, a great job of being family oriented. So they, they want you to have a life outside of work too, which I think is important nowadays in our industry. Obviously, um, I've done a lot of crunch at, at studios all, all over and we work uh, really hard at these studios. But, you know, having a, a family, having a, um, an atmosphere where that's encouraged is pretty amazing. They do a lot of stuff at work to bring, the, bring everybody together, um, morale boosters, all that kind of stuff is culminates into a great work environment you know that's very important for me to hear like i mentioned to you right before we got started here my wife and i just had our fifth child so um, thanks man so i'm obviously (laughs) a family man and when i start looking at the hours that you have to put in sometimes it can be kind of concerning you know so it's nice to hear that you have studios that are going hey look we understand that this is work and we need to work really hard at what we do but we also understand that there is a family there that you need to take care of and and enjoy Absolutely. And I think that uh, they I think that that only gets the best return on their investment as well. When they hire you on for a project, they make that step to bring you on in that investment. I think it really it really helps their investment to make you happy, make your lifestyle happy and want to come to work because every day I want to go to work. I want to go to work. I want to give them my best and, you know, I want to produce for them. So if I let them down, I'm letting myself down, too. So. Um, it's, it just makes for a great work uh, atmosphere. 
All right. Very cool. So shout out to Vicarious Visions there. Yeah, man. And any other studios that are other like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some. All right, Don. Now, tell you what, let's transition a little bit here before sure. we finish this off here. But you got a personal site. You want to talk a little bit about that that you've been doing? Yeah, you know, I think this is the first time publicly that I have will have ever said that I um, <laughs> that I um, am the creator of uh, Animators Resource, the right. Animators Resource uh, Blogspot.com. You heard it here, recorded here on <laughs> iAnimate Podcast, so definitely yeah, check I, out the site. I uh, I started it back in college because. Back in back in the day, there was a lot of personal sites, but there was, and I was, I constantly wanted to learn more about animation, and I wanted to learn as and soak it in with like demo reels with other people's sites, and so I constantly had like the bookmarks on the side of my desktop, and I was, and I had them categorized by like animation blogs, animation resources, animated shorts, and I just had a ton of them over there, and I'm like, why isn't there a site that has everything on there? Oh. <laughs> so I just started it kind of like, you know, I I, uh, I started it out of school and I just let it grow organically. That's why I very have like none of my personal work up there. Um, I don't have like that's why I always sign it JP um, that I there's really no ties back to me from that. And like, you got to dig pretty hard to, to, to find out. OK, you know what, though, I feel I have kind of mixed feelings now. I, sure. On one hand, I feel like, hey, cool, we got to announce it here on Anime. <laughs> <laughs> but then I almost kind of feel like I just unveiled a superhero's alter ego. You know? <laughs> you know, I think that's okay, though, because um, it's been going for a long time. I've got some really great feedback about the site. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of keep doing what I'm going to be doing with the site and, and, uh, and look forward to I really have fun when I find this stuff to really share it with the community. And I think that's really what it's about is sharing all that stuff with the community, getting people um, excited and interested in animation and what's out there and what they can learn. Like I just, I've, I, I really feel like that's an important thing. And I, and I, I feel, you know, honored to be able to try to help people get that information. And that's kind of neat. You have in your background that you do, you have it both in feature and, and in games where right. you can kind of talk about this kind of stuff from actual experience. That's right. That's right. And, you know, at first I wouldn't put my name up there anyway, because I didn't feel that I had the experience. I just wanted to I just wanted to show people what I was looking at and what was out there for them to be able to also draw inspiration from and experience from. So now that I have a little bit of experience, I might start adding a few posts about workflow, about different things that I've learned in the industry and to kind of give back in that in that aspect too, um, to go along with all the stuff that, that I find. So. All right. So what's the web address again? It's animatorsresource.com. All right. All right. I'll definitely, we'll plug that in our show notes Thanks, there. Thanks. Well, JP, we definitely appreciate your time and just you talking about some of the stuff you have here and it's been really cool and I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time and, and, uh, and inviting me on. It's been uh, great. And, and uh, obviously I and I mate was a, a, a great part. Um, I'm always still following the community. I'm following the blog and the podcast. So I appreciate what you're doing, trying to get, uh, all this information out. I know it's a lot of work with five kids. Come on, man. It is work. It is work. I won't deny that, but it's been a lot of fun getting to talk with guys like you. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Cool. Well, hey, thanks again for your time. Take care. You got it. Thanks, man.